Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Blood pressure taken, urine checked, senior blood work panel done. Um, they were very impressed that he is in as good a condition he is in. Bobo is a 21-year-old man. He is also an expensive guy, mm-hmm. but it looks like he's going to be okay. Fantastic news. Yeah. If this is your first time joining us, one, go over to YouTube. Check us out at Weed and Grub because then you can see an official picture of the old man, Bobo. Um, 21 year old immortal guy who has been in my life for seven or eight years now. And uh, I really only thought I'd have him for a couple. Because <laughs> when I adopted him from the family that I had to give him up, they were like, yeah, he's already pretty old. And he has just stuck around. And uh, yeah, lately he's been howling. And um, I was like, I guess I better get him checked out. So I took him to the vet. It was, you know, I mean, any vet visit, it's like always going to hurt the wallet a little bit, but good to know that he is, uh, yeah, he's just impressive. He's an impressive guy. So I just wanted to shout him out up top and say he's still with us. He's 21. Happy birthday, Bobo. You're amazing. I love you. And Wild. I, when I'm hungover, I don't even get myself an IV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can get like uh, vitamin IVs that'll Yo, just yeah. like fill you back up and hydrate you so you're not hungover anymore. Sounds and great. you texted me and you're like, hey, stopping. I had to leave Bobo. Got him in a hydration IV. Yep. Like that was, yeah, I took him to the vet and they were like, we're just going to give him a little fluid. And I had to like come back because he had a West Hollywood infusion. (laughs) He's looking all plump now. And then I came home and I fed him a special kidney diet and I gave him his thyroid medication. How do you give him his thyroid medication now? I put him, oh, for a little while he was getting a pill inside cream cheese that was then wrapped in a ham pinwheel. (laughs) You make him a pill pinwheel? (laughs) But then he got tired of that. Oh, of course um, he did. Yeah, I know, because he's like he wants it changed up all the time. Uh-huh. So now, currently, this week he's getting it in a little dab of sour cream. He seems to like that. Sometimes he takes it in a little piece of Greek yogurt. But I need to adhere it to something because he can eat around things and spit out the pill. Like I can't just put the pill inside a piece of ham because he will eat the ham and then manage to like I have to somehow like slide it in there. And I could just force him to eat it, which is you know uh, with the way that I've given every other cat medication. But Bobo will buy you. So. He will buy you. Also, what yeah. a smart way to get more ham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. I mean, I brought him home from the vet. I truly like gave him all of his medications and his special diet food. And then I settled him on his blanket that he has in front of his own heater like this cat. It's wild. Archie is so jealous and no wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has his own whole setup and, you know, I make him his food and he has a nice life as well. But, um, you know, Bob is special. And so um, I'm so glad he's going to be with us for another 10 years. It's beautiful. <laughs> it really is beautiful. I like him so much. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. So what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, calling shit out. And um, well, today's a bit of a cacophony. Wait, did we forget to say something? Because <laughs> we, we got off on our... I'm cannabis, confused. comedy, culture, <laughs> cooking, calling shit out. Are you but, on cannabis right now? we switched. What did you say? I don't know. <laughs> Mark, what did she say? We switched. We switched. Producer Mark. Whoa. <laughs> we threw producer Mark off because we switched. 
It's a new day, baby. It's a new day, baby. This is a podcast. It's summertime. Where we talk about stuff. Everything's in bloom. Involving all of these topics <laughs> and have a great time. Let's try it again. Okay. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Amazing. Welcome to Weed and Grow, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. <laughs> Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And being confused. Yeah. I fucked it up. And finding your way through. Yeah. I fucked it up, didn't I? Wow. I fucked it up. I First mean, time. I, I wasn't going to point fingers, but... No, let's call it out. Is it because you hit that Puffco before uh, we started recording? I did hit it. I am <laughs> on it. Spun. I'm spun. Well, it's amazing. I mean... Oh, do you want to get to that first? That's a great place to start. Okay, let's do it. Because yeah. geez, la wheeze. Can you see the video? Yeah, there's. if you were watching our YouTube, you can see it in action in the dark. The new Puffco Peak, which was unveiled for the 10-year anniversary of Puffco, our favorite uh, cannabis smoking accessory device company run by our friend Roger. And they had the coolest unveiling. We went downtown to a uh, theater where we watched this awesome video where people were just talking about how much they love the company and um, like their experience with using the peak. And then Roger gave a keynote and it was awesome. And it was all really short and fun. And it was a great crowd of people. And then uh, he was like, everybody look under your seats. And everyone got a peak. The new Puffco Peak Pro. It, was it a, is so beautiful. He oprah It hits so well. Um, it goes so great with the Puffco Hot Knife, which I use because one, it keeps your um, hitter clean, but also it's a clean drip so you don't have to get sticky everywhere. Yeah. And it's got a little joystick carb cap and um, it's all links with your phone. So the tech is amazing for all the different like dialed in temps. And I mean, it's the most cutting edge advanced smoking accessory in the fucking world. And Roger is just doing mad cool shit. Do mad you know, scientist. Do you know how, two things. Do you know one, do you know how hard it is to last 10 years in anything? Yeah. I do. I okay. Think. Well, then a second thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell us how no. hard is it? How hard? It's so hard. So hard to be. Yeah. I gotta be t on a blue chew to make it. Um, uh, I what I love about when I went to Puffco and I took a picture of it and threw it on my IG is he has the patent for yes. the Puffco up because all these you know people come for him and try and copy his tech that yeah. he created out of his mind with his team. And so he's sicking lawyers on like biters left and right. And to have a big picture of your patent in the Puffco offices on the 10 year Annie, what was like a such a flex, kind of a museum display really of like the 10 years of devices, right? Because they were all in different glass cases. And yeah, it was like you're saying, it was just so neat to so neat to see that. So neat to see that. And, um, I remember when, because I met Roger 10 years ago, I met him in New, in York, New York at yeah. the High Times office and Chelsea, who is now like director of global operations. And like they were just coming up just like a, the leanest team, you know, those two and maybe a couple other people designing really cool pens. And that I remember the company that tried to basically steal his um, technology. And I, like we were doing cannabis cups at the time and they were entering those devices into the cups to be judged. And the Puffco, of course, fucking won every time because no one can just like crib that attack and you know make it theirs without you know having to like make it cheaper or not as well or whatever it was just like they, they never stood a chance because you know Puff has always been like about the advancement of the technology because they really care about this stuff yeah. like that whole video was really a big part of it was about the hash like just about you know how they want to forward the culture of hash in in the weed world and i don't know it was just really fun did you smell this did you open yours yet? yeah yeah the cream and sugar oh my gosh it's so Good. Beautiful full melt. It's so good. Cash. I also want to just shout out because my favorite is the proxy, the pipe, because yes. I can really carry it everywhere. It I looks can like sneak a Sherlock in. if you haven't seen it. It's like a really beautiful curvy swoopy device. And the proxy just sits in the piece so you can actually move it 
to different pieces and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, so if you see me this week um, in, at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> uh, and you want to hit... Just know I'm going to have that proxy in my hoodie, although this one is so sleek and so compact and so easy to carry that this is something like it would fit in your cup holder. Not that you should use it while driving, but I'm just saying like I love the size of this one. I can finally one hand everything because there's some uh, there's another one I have that has a big charger and um it's, it's more of a statement piece for a table than totally. it is something that I would carry around. It's beautiful on a but coffee table. next PuffCon, you know I'm carrying this baby around. Hell yes. And I found out uh, from Kevin, who works with PuffCo, that the next PuffCon uh, this year is September 30th. It sounds like the lineup is going to be sick. Uh, it's it's always been... Better than Action Bronson? To, I mean, who the fuck knows who they're going to Better than with. Baklava himself? They are uh, so mad connected uh, in the world. I can't imagine that they're going to pull off anything less than someone spectacular. So I'm looking forward to that. And congrats on 10 years, guys. Like your innovations in the space and how much you care about the culture and contribute to it are just undeniable. And you managed to be like the nicest, most generous, most awesome people throughout, even though you have to like fight off haters all the time and people who are trying to like steal your device technology. So just, you know, way to stay in the game. Can I say one more thing, please, before we move on? Say a million things. Okay. I'm just like, I mean, I'm a geek for Puffco. Like, do you remember when I did that? Um, uh, the last dab show where I did 10 things. <laughs> I don't know and how the you dude, did that, man. the dude tried to have me hit something besides Puffco, and I just said no. Yes, I do I'll only, remember that. I'll only take dabs out of Puffco. You're loyal, Mike. I am loyal. But also, it's because, like, in especially in weed, there's a lot of tech for tech's sake. It's a lot of overpriced nonsense tech for, oh, for tech's sure. sake. And nothing about Puffco is for the sake of something technical wizardry. Like the hot knife is the best way to scoop and dump. Like the Puffco <laughs> peak is the best way to, to actually enjoy your to hash. To enjoy your hash. Mm -hmm. Like none they're, of like it is for the sake of just something fancy that you can like put a price tag on. And I fucking love it. Totally. Like they're super, super investments. It's really like, you know, you definitely have to like save your pennies to get one, but like it is about the enjoyment. Like I can't remember who it was who said it at that event, but he was like, we actually want the peak to sort of disappear. We only want you to be having a relationship with the hash. It's not about the device. And they're definitely like, I remember there was one device, won't give it a name, but a few years ago when they sent it to us and we were like, we can't even figure out how to use this. And it was like for bored rich people. It was like, a, and, the, and it was just to smoke flour. Yeah, I know which one you're talking. I won't say the name, but I and know like, which one you're talking about. Was, I think it's dead in the water anyway. It, I don't think it exists anymore, but it was just crazy because it was all this like, we, and it doesn't even matter, but I just thought it was so funny. So yeah, these guys are doing it right, doing it well, and so generous. And thank you for your awesome party where you celebrated your 10 years, except I do have one quibble. Mm. I was past an app that had peanuts in it. <gasps> and if you're passing apps at a party... I, I just feel, as someone who has a peanut allergy, that you shouldn't put peanuts in past apps. We've got to ban peanuts. I mean, listen, I... Peanut control now. It's on me, right, to make sure that I don't eat peanuts. Like, I'm not one of these people who feels like we should ban peanuts. But they're secrets. But there are secret peanuts. There are secret peanuts And I do not enjoy them. Look, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be one thing if they were crumbled on top. Um, but it's a whole nother thing when they're an ingredient. Yeah, it was, I don't, I mean, listen, Wait, it's my I fault. didn't know, I didn't need any of the apps because in succession, <laughs> um, everyone who ate the food in this third to last episode got fired. So I don't eat, I don't eat any food at parties. I think oh, it's a bad look. That's um, so interesting. At, 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 um, at like weed parties, I don't eat any of the food. What did you eat that had peanuts in I it? I think I might go that route and never eat in public again and only drink water. Who were you just saying only drinks water when they show up on, uh. Me. No, there was someone on Drink Champs, and you were like, yeah, they were only drinking Shaq. Shaq. 
Yeah, Shaq was like, I'm not getting hammered with y'all. Not getting drunk in public. I'm not getting drunk in public. I got too many things on my shoulders yeah. to slip up. Not eating at weed parties. I mean, I can't help myself. I cannot say no to a snack. I can't. How do you think I got this abundant body? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the peanut that uh, tricked you? What was I, the tricky peanut? I don't even know because I just like put touched to my lips and then really didn't like eat it or investigate it. I could just tell that there was peanuts in it and I put it down very quickly. So I don't know exactly what the thing was, but it was like kind of like a, maybe it was like a muhammara kind of thing. Oh, geez. I'm not jumping <laughs> on that tangent yet. Yeah. We'll get to Top Chef in a moment. I do need to say a couple of things about peanuts though. Okay. I don't know that it's your fault because if- <laughs> Me being if allergic? Oh, well, no, I don't. I mean, I don't know where that comes from. I'm, I'm sure- like My it's some genetic deficiency? genetic deficiency that you have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Um, but I do think that it is the pass app servers to say what the food is that they're serving I and then what's were. in it. Yeah, I think they were. Like, like I need to know that it's like bluefin tuna on a cracker with some lemon aioli on top. I think they were. I do believe that every single server who came up and like offered something was saying what it was. You were I already shoveling I like four <laughs> in your mouth by the time they got through it. was not it. the server's fault. <laughs> it was nobody's fault but mine. But I just, you know, because I can't control myself, don't put peanuts in your apps. I do remember, and I hope you do not mind me saying, when we were all talking, it was you, me, Capetta, and someone else. And as the app came by, you just put one leg long and reached across almost like... Mr. Fantastic <laughs> with an elastic arm and reached for an app and then snapped back into the circle with it. And I was so impressed. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say you were so mortified. Oh, my God. No, it was like all in one motion. Here come the app. Here we are talking. There you go. Stretch and then right back to one. It was awesome. Wild. OK, well, Props thank you. you. My cheeks are hot because I'm embarrassed. But listen, you know, if you got free hand rolls at a fucking dispensary opening. I'm going to eat them. And they had like delicious vegan snacks at the Puffco. But it's the um, second time we've been to something wonderful and fun and peanuts have been a part of the pass apps. And I don't understand why that is anymore. At this point, peanuts should be on the like controlled substance list <laughs> underneath weed. Right. <laughs> Along with, oh, well, this is a good place to uh, get to uh, how we spent our weekend. The California Psychedelic Conference. You want to do that next? Talking about, yeah. All right. I'm still wearing the bracelet. I controlled had so much fun. Controlled substances. Um, shout out to Oakland Hyphae, Reggie Harris, who puts on the most incredible events. Yet another one. The community showed up for the California Sold Psychedelic out. Conference here in L.A. Two days under the strawberry moon in an awesome space down under the 6th Street Viaduct. That crazy cool new bridge. Very cool backdrop right across from the conference. When you came out, there was this beautiful mural. And it said, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. No oh, I say, have it on my phone. No say at Ipsum, I think. Yeah. And we looked it up and we were like, what does that mean? That Latin saying that says it means know thyself, know yourself. Um, the whole thing felt, it was a vibe. It was magical. It was really. Lizzie yeah. Jeff spinning. Yeah. Everyone dancing, eating vegan food. Amazing booth selling all sorts. Oh, well, I meant to bring the mushroom coffee from that um, booth we bought mushroom coffee that's a bunch of different mushrooms with cocoa powder that tastes so delicious and earthy and yummy and great for your brain. Yeah, it had Not psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah, lion's mane, cordyceps. Turkey tail. And chaga. Chaga, I think. Chaga. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to drink that. Thank you for buying me a pack of it. Yeah, it was just so cool. We met the folks who are behind New Brew, our new friends who uh, make these crazy cool seltzers. With What do you call the citrus one? Uh, uh, Adult Palmer. <laughs> and we got to uh, shake hands with, I think his name is Justin. Yeah. And say hey in person. And um, 
yeah, amazing food, really cool uh, people selling spores. And Wait, substrate. can I say, well, I want to say one more, instead of can I, I'd like to. Okay. Trying to be assertive yeah. in my life. Assert yourself. Um, I'd like to shout out New Brew also because when we cracked a can a, an episode or two ago, um, it really did get me energized. And then I went to the comedy store and I was like easy. I could talk with people easier. I was like a lot more relaxed because I had energy and I wasn't forcing anything. And nice. then there was no crash afterwards when I got home at like 11. I was sleepy and I was ready to go to bed, but I wasn't like dead the way that a Red Bull will just squeeze your brain oh, yeah. of all its serotonin. And then you have to literally make more. It's <laughs> a nightmare. So I really enjoyed New Brew and I think it's going to be a new part of my sip experience. Listen, it's going to be my jam all summer long. Picnics Ooh. all the time. Ooh. You know, in my car instead of coffee, what a lift. Instead of alcohol, reach for the new brew. Dang right. Just write and copy for them. <laughs> 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 there is a link in our show notes if you want to click it and you could use our code weed and grub for 10% off, but also genu genuinely just dig the stuff. So um, thanks for sending some over, guys. So nice to meet you, Justin. Yeah. Uh, back to the psychedelic conference. Yeah. One of the things I loved is at these psychedelic conferences, Reggie is assembling a group of mycologists and foragers and educators and all these people who know so much about mushrooms. And they're not like these weird fucking VC hedge fund capitalist tech bro assholes who are showing up at these like giant expensive fucking psychedelic conferences in places like Miami. Like he is gathering together the community of people who are like of the mushroom for the mushroom. There was no pleated khaki pants. <laughs> there was no brown belts. There it was, was really no um, Van Heusen collared shirt from Kohl's. Not a one. Yeah, just a group of incredible folks. The best vibes, you know, swapping stories, swapping spores, getting into like why sugarcane is a better substrate than elephant poop or whatever it was. It was just great. And then we saw a Hamilton Morris keynote, which was incredible he's brilliant i mean yeah. it's one thing to see his his vice show um yeah oh there there's me and reggie oh this is okay we just put up on yeah let's leave backdrop. that one up to talk about hamilton too yeah. um because i mean reggie made that keynote with hamilton happen because reggie believes in the psychedelic conference he created yeah i, I mean shit I, I i wore uh reggie's fuck around and find out hoodie for my Special taping. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay. I ride or die with this guy. Yeah. Um, Hamilton's show is called Pharmacopia. Pharmacopia. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I wa It was one of the first things I felt like a little bit naughty watching it on Vice. Like, I was like, am I allowed to watch this kind of psychedelic stuff? And I loved every part of it. And it made me want to, like, kind of dive into this culture a bit more. But then to hear him speak, he's a real scientist. Yeah. And I don't know that that came across for me in his um in his show as much to like dive deep into compounds and yeah it was awesome i learned so much from him yeah well his 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 uh talk was really for the mycologists and scientists and uh, you know people in the audience who had like a base knowledge because like there was so much you know mention of like all the different actual compounds and he was really talking about like the chemical structure are you what are you looking at uh i just took notes on his talk and i wanted to touch on a couple oh okay cool so what yeah. you got? Well, like he was saying, um, it, he was like kind of laid out the history, which I knew some of, especially from your Rolling Stone articles and you talking about uh, Albert Hoffman. 
Yes, he yeah. t- he t- talked about Albert Hoffman a lot, and how incredible the work was that he did to synthesize and figure out what psilocybin was in the early fifties, which is incredible. I didn't know that it happened that recently in the fifties, but it was also just the idea that we went from a man like that or somebody like Hamilton to now having a grow kit that you can put on top of your fridge, mm-hmm. and like from the fifties to now, I feel like not only is that evolution faster than I would expect, but I also don't know that I gave it the um credence that it deserves for like the access that I feel like I have now if it wasn't for people like him and Hamilton. So pretty freaking interesting. It was so interesting. He, you know, he touched on so much because he touched on like uh, all the different sort of, you know, like he talked about psychedelic history and psilocybin history and, you know, mushrooms and the synthesis of the active components in it. And then he sort of like, well, you know, then Reggie and uh, Mary Carrion sat down with him and did a moderated part of the discussion, which was really interesting and cool. And then he did audience questions, which was, uh, you know, and well, I wanted I'd give to touch it two, on two out of three. The audience questions? Yeah, I'd give it well, two out of three. Because there was definitely that, like there was one person in particular who was like, I'd like to ask a question. And by that, I mean, explain something to you. At you, and that was yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I, I've never been to a Q and A that I enjoyed. I'm just going to be honest. I've never been. I've never asked an audience Q, a question in an audience Q and A because I'm better than that. Uh-huh. And I've never enjoyed an audience Q and A because it's like I have a question. So I have a feature screenplay called <laughs> Area 52, and it's about um, how Area 51 is actually a front for Area 52. And I've I've had many stars attached from Chris Evans to Sandra Bullock. And my question is, well, actually, let me say a couple of key plot points before I get to my question. Uh. And you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. Well, there was one, yeah, one person who did ask a very long question like that where she then, and Hamilton was very gracious and he just kept asking her to sort of like elaborate. So she ended up talking for a couple of minutes, but that's okay because he was cool with it. And, you know, everyone just kind of like was like, we're all just here. There was one guy, though, who did ask a question that Hamilton perked up at. Do you remember the? It was the first like time he raised an eyebrow. The dude was pretty stoic the whole time and yeah. just like sharing knowledge generously. He's a very dry sort of just factual person. But yeah, that guy got up and he was like, I'm a free diver and uh, scuba diver. And I wanted to know more about like the psychedelic fish. Like they just discovered the psychedelic jellyfish. And Hamilton was like, they did? Wait, where? <laughs> where? Like he leapt out of his seat. He was like, hold on, what? Where? Huh? And the guy's yeah. like Monterey Bay. And you could see Hamilton being like Monterey Bay, Monterey okay, Bay. Gotta okay, gotta go check out that psychedelic okay. jellyfish. We wrap this up. I gotta get to Monterey Bay. Yeah. He was great. Um, I also wanted to shout out Reggie's great question that um, was like, have you found that psychedelics make people more vulnerable to suggestion? Because right. the whole idea of like peace and love and healing, does that also mean you will be more susceptible to QAnon and Pizzagate? Mm-hmm. Like, should there be on the side of a package of psychedelic chocolate mushrooms side effects may include may cause paranoia yeah may cause paranoia or conspiracy theory beliefs yeah may make you think the moon isn't real may make you Mm -hmm. charge into a pizza parlor with a gun to free children from the basement yeah we all know someone who did way too much acid and just never came back from their theories that like everyone is a lizard or whatever 100 (laughs) percent, and they are (laughs) great (laughs) i also really liked hamilton talking about pharmacological determinism which i thought was such a cool um, turn of phrase to talk about the idea, and I, I may get this wrong, so tell me if this is how you remember it, the idea that any drug is sort of responsible for, wait, what was it? I need to look it up. No, 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 you're on the right path. Pharm- Pharmacological determinism is the idea that, 
I, I honestly, now it, that I've said it, it's the one I'm, between um, spirit and science. It's uh, the idea that the things that are inside of you may be amplified. I'm and honestly so gonna look it up. You're going I don't want to fuck it up. I'm, Logical. I think I'm nailing it. Determinate. No, carry on. Carry on. It's non-specific amplifiers of the subconscious. Like yeah. it's what's inside you will be amplified by this psychedelic experience. So the psychological, the determinism is what is inside you may be amplified, and it may not be. So you, if you're already susceptible to QAnon, you might embrace QAnon. If you already love pizza, you might order a pizza. If you already have PTSD, that PTSD may rise to the top and you may grapple with that during your experience. It's all experience-based because that's what determinism is. Uh-huh. The the very brief cliff note from his time talking with uh, Joe Rogan about it is that pharmacological determinism is the idea... Ah. I'm getting all of these pop-ups that a certain drug has to do a certain thing, which isn't always true. It is a flawed idea. Um, anyway, obviously trying to encapsulate how brilliant he was and then getting totally mired in it means that don't listen to me. Go listen to Hamilton Morris about all of this stuff. But it was good. Mike and Mike and you knew. I just got lost. I got scared and then I got lost. It's totally okay. That's I mean, what happened. It was the first time I'd been in a... Um in a keynote that was really science driven where like the, what I was most impressed with and it's only impressive to me because I've never experienced it is how like certain compounds would just roll off the tongue and then everyone in the yeah. audience would take a note and understand it. Mm -hmm. And now I have like my list of things to go Google and educate myself about well, because I, um, a lot of it was over my head, which is a good thing. I want to be the dumbest person there so that I can grow. Yeah. Well, something that Hamilton touched on was actually the thing that I wanted to be our news story because I want to learn more about it. And so I'm not, I didn't want to present it as a news story that like we know all about it. I more like a news story news to us. Okay. I'm going to look into it. Also, so I think our listeners would be interested to know about it. Hamilton mentioned this church called the Church of Silamethoxin. Hit it again. I'll sew you up. So this is our Grublick is that. What's the news this week, Mary Jane? It's the Church of Silamethoxin. My tongue just threw five shots. It's the Church of Silamethoxin which is a sacramental church, an entheogenic church that was founded by some people who believe in the sacrament of something called silamethoxin, which they said they had made through adding a compound to the substrate that they were then growing um, magic mushrooms in. And the psilocybin in those mushrooms was no longer going to be psilocybin. It was going to be silamethoxin. And so people were sort of looking into it and they were like, what is silamethoxin? And how do you know that that's in there? And have you done chemical tests and so on? Because they were selling this sacrament that their church was founded on to people who were paying them, I think, 175 bucks for a half ounce and 300 bucks for an that's ounce. A like lot they were of money. Making some money off of this sacrament, this spiritual sacrament. And then there was a, a report published by a chemist who actually did the breakdown and was like, actually, there is no silamethoxin in these. Um, you know, sacraments that you're selling, but there is psilocybin and psilocin present. Um, and so there's this whole deep dive on symposia, which is P-S-Y-M-P-O-S-I-A. For those of you who are not familiar, it's a great website that covers all sorts of um, drug news and does deep dives. And there's a five-part investigative series into the church of psilomethoxin. And I just thought it was like an incredible story. So I'm excited to fall down the rabbit hole because it's got like plenty of video clips and interviews with the founders. And I think they're still now trying to like dance around it. And they're like, well, actually we didn't, we're, now they're calling it, they've changed the name of the church. It's no longer being called the church of psilomethoxin. It's like the church of 
sacred bliss or something uh-huh. like that. And they're like, we never said. And everyone's like, it was the name of your church, guys. Yeah. yeah. And also you said it was a spiritual sacrament. Like it's in your founding texts. Like you can't dance around the fact that you were all just, you know, making something or what, you know, and we don't know their intentions, you know, may not have been nefarious, but it seems like they were lying about a pretty foundational <laughs> element in the church of psilomethoxin, which had no psilomethoxin in it. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm in. Neat to learn about. Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes to that five-part deep dive on Symposia. And um, yeah, just so neat to listen to Hamilton touch on that and all the different um, aspects of mushroom culture. And, you know, yeah, he's just such a neat person. I got up to go, you know, shake his hand afterwards and, um, you know, get his email. And I was like, maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. So Hamilton, if you're listening. (laughs) Please. Yeah. Absolutely. Dream guest. Yeah. And also congrats, Reggie. Yeah. And also I saw you skip over something and I'm not going to allow you to skip over you performing as the baked potato at day one of the psychedelic conference, bringing it, down the house, Mary Jane. Thanks, Mike. It felt really cool. Um, thank you to our friend Dennis Walker over at Micropreneur. Micropreneur. Wow. I'm really like tri- tripping over my tongue today. Beep-a-da-beep-a-da-bop-boop. Uh, Micopreneur podcast for taking this photograph of me as the potato on stage under the strawberry moon felt pretty magical. That lighting is crazy too. I mean, how cool does it look? And um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I knew that Reggie had just like come down and do comedy. And I was like, oh God, what's going to work? I'm not like you. I don't have like a set. I don't have an hour, Mike. <laughs> I don't have, uh, you know, crafted, carefully crafted jokes. I don't know. You killed. But um, I can get up on stage and t- do dumb potato material for 10 minutes. And that is a good time. And really the next day people came up to you. And recognize you out of potato. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that says about me. I guess I look the same. <laughs> In potato costume, out of potato costume, she's the same potato. <laughs> I actually really did like that some of the, the stuff that people laughed at the most was when I was talking about how it's hard to be a famous potato. But I'm, you know, I'm not the only one. The baked potato is like, yeah, I'm, I moved to Hollywood because there's like other famous potatoes. Like, you know, Iggy Azalea <laughs> is a famous potato. James Corden. <laughs> Russet Crowe. He changed his name though. Putin, famous potato. Famous that was potato. that was fun. Just that people were laughing along with it because it's like the dumbest, but also the most fun. And um, you know, just just for a group of people who are all like sitting around smoking smoking joints under a full moon. Yeah, the best. I, my other favorite part of it is that um, before you went up was Dennis. Yes, and so you were leaning against a wall in full potato costume going <laughs> over your notes on your phone uh, and i caught these like secret and actor prepares photos of you in full potato um rehearsing and yeah. uh i was like she's taking this really serious this is cool i do take it seriously every time i get on stage it's very serious for me it's that for me is my sacrament performing like that being on stage like that that's my spiritual sacrament so even if it's the potato like that's magic, you know? It's awesome. I know you feel it. Yeah, of course. It's what um, we're chasing. And then you got up and fucking crushed. You told, I think, five or six stories and people were fucking dying. It was great. It felt good. Yeah. It was a nice night. It was a really great night. And shout out Langston too, who's so funny. And I hope uh He we'll made be that back whole here. fucking setup. Lang yeah. bang. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Langston Avery. Okay, we can't keep shouting people out. Everyone's going to be like, talk about a topic. All right. Otherwise, we're going to be here. Oh, Let's my talk God. About well, we have to shout out one more person. Yeah, Padma, Lakshmi, hanging up her. Best friend. Yeah. Friend best of the show. Friend of the pod. 
friend in real life. Alien goddess. Um, Padma Lakshmi uh, is so beautiful and incredible and smart and amazing and wonderful and leaving Top Chef. After 17 years. 20 seasons. 20 seasons. Yeah, no, but, 19. Right. Because the first she, season was- um, Someone who we don't remember. Billy Joel's wife. Right. And she was bad. But Padma was great. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've just watched the second to last episode of her- last season which we didn't know was going to be a last season but uh maybe this last season broke her because that was a doozy of an app yeah wait wait um can we do spoiler alert top chef oh yes okay if you are watching top chef season 20 we're gonna say who's in the finale so if you don't want to know that skip ahead by 40 minutes because i got a lot to say oh shit okay here we go <laughs> and ali got sent home ali got sent home my, i can't believe it your boy my crush my heartthrob Mohamura. Muhammad, Muhammad. He, um, I mean, it was a crazy challenge. They had to cook on Alain Ducasse's boat. The whole, I'm going to just oh, shit, be straight back up. It up. Back it up. Yo. I think this was a shit semifinal. I, Top to bottom, it was yeah, bullshit. It was kind of bullshit. You're I, right. I want, these people have gotten so far. Yeah. They have worked so hard to be at the pinnacle of their own destiny as chefs. And then they're stuck with people who aren't cooks to decide a semifinal quick fire. It's an insult to them as chefs, in my opinion. Yeah, it was crazy because it was the four athletes, two Paralympic athletes and two Olympic athletes who were because the Olympics and Paralympics are going to be, I guess, in Paris. Yeah. I mean, of course, love an integrated tie in love a commercial for something everyone's heard of because it's one of the first sporting <laughs> events ever fucking invented. Like, come on, have a little bit of tact, Top Chef in Paris, and don't throw that in the mix. Well, these athletes just didn't seem like they were particularly like none of them were like fans of Top Chef even like they all just looked a little nonplussed and sort of like everyone was kind of laughing and awkward and it was like then there was a crazy rainstorm and nobody looked like oh, they were having rain. a good time and it was hard to watch because the challenge was dumb I should have like worn my gold medals today because I think that's the <laughs> other thing that bothered me about it is that they're like hey let's learn who these people are and all they are is a gold medal around their neck like for swimming and for track and field it's yeah. like you have to carry that and wear that everywhere should I do that is that what I should be doing should I, I always wear my gold medals so that people will listen to me I mean yeah, sure why not? All right. Well, See how and it then goes I pull for you. Out, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it because you did that and it's fucking cool. But also it is kind of weird, right? When it's people weird. are just wearing your medal around. You're not like, I, I don't. I'm sure they were asked wearing, to wear their medals. Anyone who wears their marathon medal from yeah. like running a marathon the day after, you get a day. I. <laughs> you get a day and then anything else is insane. It's so true. Right? Don't you think, though, that the producers asked these people to wear their medals? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> but they shouldn't have been on the show to begin with. I know. It was just an awkward, weird challenge. I felt uncomfortable for them, honestly, and for the chefs. Not my favorite. Uh, Padma's coat, however, was worth keeping watching for. Just the way she wore that thing in the wind. I was like, God damn it. She's yeah. perfect. There's so many other good challenges besides yeah. the through the wall challenge that they could have done for an interesting semifinal quick fire. Yeah. And especially up. because it comes the semifinal if you don't know is four chefs and then one chef is eliminated like we said Ali and then the three chefs in the final the finalists cook cook your best meal you've ever cooked. Yeah, just cook whatever so, you want. So why are we dilly-dallying with non-chefs in a semi when the final is decided by the best food? 
Yeah. Well, Insane. the final was decided not by that quickfire challenge. I no, don't no, even no. know. Oh, Ali won $10,000 with the quickfire challenge. He won like a Delta gift card or something, right? For dealing with that? I don't know. Not worth it. But then the fucking challenge, they had to cook on a boat. And um, I mean, everyone got to meet Alain Ducasse, which is fantastic. That is cool. Obviously, 21 Michelin starred probably the biggest living legend in the food world on the planet right now. I, I was going to say, like, outside of like a... um. TV star like a Ramsey. Right. I think it's probably him. Uh, I would say, is Rubichon still alive? Joel Rubichon? Oh, I have no idea. And um, uh, I'm blanking. Shit, I had two Julia other Julia Child? No, 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 no. Um, as far as chefs go, the oh. biggest, uh, Rubichon, who does La Bernadotte? Oh, um, uh, Eric Repair. Eric Repair. I feel like Eric Repair is up there too. But yeah. maybe he's a little more accessible because he's been on all these shows. He's been a judge in a lot of different Also, I've things. met him. You've met Eric Repair? Yeah. Oh, well then. All right. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 Maybe I checked his coat. I feel like I checked his coat at Jean-Georges. Did it have fish in it? Did his coat have fish in it? Yeah, did it have like a little fresh mackerels in it? Is he, he was known for be... carrying fish around? I don't know. I mean, he's the fish guy. So Better maybe... than wearing your metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, he... <laughs> if Eric Repair wore fish around his neck everywhere around. he went. Fucking great. And Joel Rubichon wore mashed potatoes around his neck yeah. everywhere he went. Just some shallots in your pocket all the time. Fucking <laughs> great. That's so funny. Oh, um, man. So the final on the boat, though, I think... Again, it's so controversial because, uh, again, spoiler alert. I don't think they agreed on who they were going to send home. You even caught a, a look from Padma. She looked pissed. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And then when she said it, she was upset to say, Ali, pack your knives and go. She looked to me like the emotion was high, for Agreed. sure. Mm -hmm. uh, because he shouldn't have been sent home. Gabri should have. Oh, no, but God, wait, I can't remember what anyone made now. God, my brain is like, so geez. it's because of the, um, so the final had to do with mushrooms. I know Sarah made a soup. And Sarah just made a most delicious soup. She won the entire um, thing and she hadn't even won an elimination challenge all season. So this was huge for Amazing. her leading into the finals, not only to win Last Chance Kitchen, but then win the semifinals. Yeah, that's right. She got sent home. She came back. She won the elimination. That's amazing. Dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. But Buddha Ali. was steaming, I'm sure. Oh, Buddha's. He, he keeps it tight, but he does not let, oh. he lets it slip sometimes. Yo. Yeah, like the I mean, shades of venom will go across <laughs> his face. You know what I mean? I mean, he's going to take the whole thing, so. I think he will. Um, but I, like, I just need to say like, like Ali made the best mushroom dish of him and Gabri, but Gabri made the more flavorful dish that mushroom might not have been the central theme of but, and so yeah. tom was like his dish was better it was great but and he didn't get three elements onto the plate he had like a mushroom cookie some herbs and some other thing he was like i didn't get those onto the plate and like you know ali executed and a everything. mushroom it was a mushroom he forgot a mm -hmm. mushroom fucking i i it's bullshit to me i'm sorry huh it's bullshit you to think gabby should have gone home well, not only that, but I mean, like, if we're going to be real, real, Gabri's been teamed up, luckily, with all the heavy hitters that kind of carried him in the middle of the pack all I... the way until the last couple episodes here. I... Like, he's a great cook, but he also knows when to take the backseat to someone like Buddha and just win a challenge by letting someone else lead the way. And I don't know that, I guess that's good gameplay, but I don't respect it as much. I know it's because he's a little chaotic, right? Like yeah, he has that I don't energy. Like chaos. I know you don't. <laughs> Every time I get a little chaotic, you're like, I'll see you in a week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think his food must just be magical. Yeah. I think he's just got that touch. I mean, he won Top Chef Mexico, so it's obvious yeah. he's a 
amazing chef. And he's truly grown on me. Like he used to make me super fucking crazy. And now I just see like his heart is just his skin. Like I know. he is. That's the other thing I don't like in a person. I know you don't. It makes like you fucking hate it. And like when he was announced that he was going on to the finale, like he was crying and you could see like some people were looking at him with sort of like, you know, like, oh, this is a big moment for you. And then a couple of other people were just like, dude, get fucking nut up. Nut up. <laughs> nut up. It bothered me because the whole season, all they kept doing, and maybe it's the edit, but they would just cut to him and he's asking another woman to try his food. Like everyone is his validation mommy. Mm. And it was driving me crazy how like all of these women are trying to cook their own food and do their own thing. And all they keep showing is Gabri asking every woman in the kitchen to taste his food like they're like a surrogate mom while he's on this competition. It was driving me crazy. Do you feel like you're more aware of that vibe because you're, you've been in therapy and working on like that kind of thing because you talk about validation and learning about your like you have that great joke maybe i have a better deeper understanding of mm -hmm. it but we've talked on here so many times when if anyone says like i'm proud of you mm. it makes me want to die and it's always made me want to die like don't ever say that to me mm -hmm. but now i have a deeper understanding of why that makes me want to die so i guess that's the answer <laughs> well, it's always good to understand why you want to die yeah yeah Good. That's why. Okay. So, um, so anyway, I, I don't know. Like now that I guess now that Padma's free, she can come make a sandwich with you on It's the Mail for Me. She can finally be a guest because we've been going back and forth. Yeah. We've been trying to get her on. She's like, ah, I'm in Paris. I'm in Antarctica. Ah, I'm focusing on my other show. What's the name of it? Taste the Nation. Taste the Nation. But I don't, I mean, if you, you want to reach a huge swath of stoners with Taste the Nation, Padma, get on here. Yo. That's so right. And also, Padma, thank you so much for posting. She recently posted a video where I, I don't even remember what, what the context was, but she was saying that someone on in, in the internet had told her she had fat arms. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they were like, whoever was behind the camera was like, and how did that make you feel? And she just gives the camera the finger and then goes back to, I think she's cooking. And uh, it was just like so great to see someone like Padma post that because it just really does like the the playing field is so fucking level for internet trolls and haters and people who would say anything fucking mean to a stranger. If you're saying that to Padma, like I never would think that she could have anyone say anything mean to her. But, you know, they they of course, because she's very famous and she's an incredible target. But I don't know, just seeing her sort of like brush it off also like I, I see your uh, fucking hate and I dismiss it as completely fucking invalid is just, you know, a great reminder that that's what we should all do when someone says something terrible to you. And, you know, some bros say the fucking most heinous shit to me on the sandwich videos. And so I'm like, I'll just think of Padma fucking and invoke right. her as my inspiration to be like, fuck off. Yeah. Are, is your, are you getting a thicker crust? I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. And part of it has to do with you know, just knowing that it's truly like it's it's actually has nothing to do with me. It's just entirely about whoever that person is. Yeah. Um. And part of it is like developing a thicker skin and just like, you know, sometimes one will really sink in when they're particularly creative. But the guys who are showing up just to say all of this sort of like the litany, right? You lonely, fat, old, fucking single, whatever the things are that they're like, these are the insults that we think will hurt a woman. Um, are hilarious to me because yeah. you're like, you're, it's so boring. I mean, a guy just threw out all three to me the other day and I reposted it on my story and I said, he hit the troll trifecta, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and I tagged him and he deleted his account. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay, Puma Steve, you know, fucking suck it. Yes. Like, you're... 
you can't do that. And also I've had much worse in person from someone that I was in a relationship at one point who said, like, an absolutely heinous shit to me. And that's part of it too, is learning that like, yeah, these faceless people on the internet, you know, they can't do much. You should wear, if I'm wearing my gold medal, yeah. you should wear a gold necklace that says account deleted <laughs> on it and wear that everywhere just so that they know you're like the number one troll stomper. That's awesome. Eat them for breakfast. How do you think I got this abundant body? <laughs> <laughs> Eating trolls? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That rules. Thanks for letting me talk about it. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I mean, Padma is such an inspiration in so many ways. And that was just an extra layer of her just giving the finger and being like, fuck off. <laughs> well, let's gas you up a little bit more because you also. What? Sold out. Oh, the pre-orders for the t-shirts are closed. The um, Make Me a Sandwich Project t-shirts will be, for anyone who ordered one, they will be on their way to you very soon. The order is at the printers. So excited to get them. Um, yeah, very exciting. And we'll probably do another round if people get them and dig them and want to fire that back up. We'll we'll open orders back up. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so thank you to Michael Walker for working on that. And uh, I'm really excited for everyone to be rocking them and tagging me. Congrats. Thanks. Um, I know that my uh, family got some. Yes, they did. Which is cool. Uh, I can't see my dad wearing a stop projecting bit shirt, but we'll see. I th I think uh, I think he got some my sandwich my choice, which is equally like what? Okay, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, Steve. Yeah, we got some friends. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool to see who ordered. I think they're like international orders. A couple of orders. We had an order from Australia. Whoa. A couple orders from Canada. Whoa. Yeah, those t-shirts are going to be all all over. It's it's global. Massive sandwich t-shirts. Speaking of global, yo. There is a little bit of um, uh, uh, some people are fighting about Ukraine and Russia. Some people are some people are fighting about Ukraine and Russia. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and other people are fighting about Mission Impossible or Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yes. Equal stakes at play. I just, I mean, this is such a funny little news item that it will be fun to chat about with you. How do you feel about this? Because Tom, I love it. You do. Fuck yes. It's well, all fair in love and war, baby. Let's go. I just came across this story that Tom Cruise evidently has been like meeting with all of the heads of studios and like going to all of the biggest conference rooms and leaning over tables and saying forcefully that you need to keep Mission Impossible on screens instead of allowing um, Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie to open up because for some reason he lost three weeks of IMAX exclusivity. And I'm not sure how that happened, but evidently he's in a bit of a panic a tizzy i don't know what tom cruise goes into but he's not feeling good about it and he's flexing his weight and he's saying evidently that like you owe me because i saved the box office with top gun that's what summer. people uh, that's what a lot of people in the industry say yeah is that he did save the industry with top Gun. also mark just wrote yeah um, historically all of nolan's movies released within a week of july 20th okay so you could also blame the mission impossible crew for yeah why did you choose july 12th as a release date when oppenheimer is coming out on july 21st which i'm so i mean the trailer for Oppenheimer. I think I've seen it three times now in the theater. I will be there opening night. I will be too. It's, yeah, that's a must see. It looks absolutely incredible. Terrifying. Powerful. Killian Murphy looks nuts. Yeah. It looks so great. I'm not, I don't think the Barbie movie is for me. I don't think I'm the demographic who would really enjoy that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I love I Greta Gerwig. I don't give a shit about it. Huge fan of Greta Gerwig. So maybe, maybe that'll change my mind when it comes out and I start hearing Everyone I love loves it, and then I'll change. I'll flip. Maybe. I mean, there have been a couple of those movies where, like, seeing it, um, I was like, oh, this is a movie for everyone, and I, I like the comedy in it. Like, um, what was the animated movie that I didn't want to see, and then I ended up loving Inside it? Inside Out? Inside Out. 
Thank you. The yeah. Greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you talk about it sometimes. I'm I like, do. oh, Mike loved that movie. I really loved it. That was but, really nice. You know, restore I'm... the memories and, mm. you know, bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care about Barbie, but Oppenheimer looks amazing. And I just love that Tom Cruise, it's, we are privileged to live in the same time as Tom Cruise. This man is filming in space for part <laughs> two of Mission Impossible. It is a duel coming out. It is part one and part two. And the guy is doing, he's memorizing lines in space right now. Like, can you imagine <laughs> being alive at any other time than right now? We are fucking blessed to be here. And he sends out cakes to people he loves and he buys coffee trucks for everyone on the productions. And he like gets people hired all over the world with his Mission Impossible movies. And now he wants to go toe to toe and take down other people. Fucking go for it, homie. At this point, I, you know, it's never going to be enough for you, obviously. So just like, you know, take the crown. Oh my God. Yes. You know? Yes. And like when we watched the, the Mission Impossible trailer, I think it was right before uh, Fast X. Yes. uh, Where he's driving a motorcycle and he shoots to the end of a cliff and then he just drives the motorcycle off the cliff and then goes into a skydive. I think he did that. Of course he did. Of course he did. And also that was the only way that his character could get somewhere. Like, that's what I also love about it. It was like inevitable. It had to be done. Yeah. That's the beauty of Mission Impossible movies is like nothing like Fast and Fast and Furious is just absurd and they lean into the absurdity. Yeah, but Vin Diesel isn't actually driving down a dam that's about to explode. No. Like that's that's yeah. The only way Tom Cruise could get there was doing that thing. Like everything is justified in those yeah. movies. And I fucking love it. The only person who can hold a candle, I think, to Tom Cruise in that kind of like physical uh, accomplishment is. I'll shout him out again here if you haven't seen it. The Van Damme Volvo commercial. It's so hot. So good. He really does a split on two trucks that are reversing in real time against the sunset. I'm breaking into a sweat just thinking about it. Please go watch. It's so good. It was like formative for my sexuality or something because like I truly do think about it a couple times a week. You do? Yeah. Well, you're, make sure you're... Oh there my god. Is. I mean, listen, you know, it's because I grew up with the Van Damme movies, like right when I was, yeah, it was formative because Blood Sport, I think, came out when I was like th- I don't even know how old I was, but it was like so good. I was like, yeah, young and impressionable and <sighs> just so hot. So and good. I don't think Tom, you know, Tom Cruise is like asexual to me. Oh, are you crazy? There's no sexuality to Tom Cruise. Even at all. in like risky business or any of his like earlier no. earlier films before he was just the best action star of all time. Never. I see his appeal, absolutely. And yeah. of course, major, you know, the most movie star charisma, but not sexy to me ever. Gotcha. Yeah. To me, I think he's a looker. You think he's hot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, I just like say what you will, like Scientology jumping on a couch, whatever. Yeah. What literally whatever. Yes, I feel you on that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And yeah. then also I can't. Anyway, I can go on forever. Yeah. Like, we if, love don't you, get Tom. me started on Tom Cruise <laughs> or Steve Harvey. You will be bored and I will keep going. <laughs> a few times I've tried to be like, I don't think Steve Harvey's all that. And then like five hours later, I'm like wet with sweat because you've been screaming at me. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was at the comedy store the other night and it was me, um, uh, Ron Taylor and Luke uh-huh. Schwartz. Yeah. Luke, who's been on the show. And we started getting into it and we're talking about Cat Williams. And I immediately go, no, Steve Harvey. And Ron Taylor and I are just going toe to toe Cat Williams versus Steve Harvey. And uh, he made some good points and I'm a little upset about it. Okay. Yeah. All right now. He said that Steve Harvey is a great all around, but Cat Williams is the best stand up comedian of all time. Laughs per minute, topics, 
arenas. Steve Harvey doesn't sell out arenas. Yeah. Cat Williams sells out arenas. But you said that the Steve Harvey on the, what was the tour called? Kings of Comedy. Kings of Comedy, that he had to reset the room and like just with his comedy. And that's like an incredible, he's like the great neutralizer and then make you laugh again in his own. Like that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Also the suits. Oh, the suits. Come on, fucking iconic. If Tom Cruise puts on a Steve Harvey suit, <laughs> I'm. it's over for me. It's over. He would look like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> He would look like when a baby puts on their dad's suit, you know, just swimming in it. <laughs> he would look crazy. I want someone to make that meme. Tom Cruise in yeah, a Steve Harvey pho suit. Photoshop Tom Cruise into a Steve Harvey suit. Yeah, he's wearing, uh, he's, uh, I don't, actually, I don't want to do like mask blackface for Mission Impossible. Never okay, mind. Okay. Forget it. Let's move on and call it a baby. <laughs> <laughs> also, Steve Harvey and Tom Cruise, please come on the pod if you ever want to hang out. Oh my God. Love yes. it. Okay. Creamed Corner, Creamed baby. Creamed Corner before we wrap this baby up. I loved them and I know you think I didn't. I don't think you loved them and I think you brought it up on the podcast to lie about it more. So that's weird. I'm trying to, you think <laughs> I'm trying to like run, what's yes. that called in government, in candidacies where you're like campaigning hard against a lie? I don't know what that's called. Would you, you would muck, muckrake me on these? Shadow op you? I don't know. Okay, listen, it's a, it's a TikTok trend and I tried it at home. It's the burger tacos. Has everyone seen this? Smash burger taco TikTok it's crazy right now. It's just a tortilla with, you know, you just smash the meat onto the tortilla. You cook it face down on the griddle, flip it over, put a little bit of American cheese on there, melt that down, top it with some pickles, a little lettuce for crunch, some uh, special sauce that, you know, you can, I use the Magnificent sauce right out of the bottle from Trader Joe's, but you can make your own Big Mac uh, sauce. And I thought it looked great. So I tried it. I thought it tasted great and I really enjoyed it. And then I made it for you. And uh, I don't think that went so well. Was the first one better? <laughs> you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. It just grossed me out the first round. It was delicious. Yeah, you hated it. No, I didn't hate it. It was because um, I, I'd never had the TikTok trend where you put the meat, you grill the meat, and then you flip it so that the meat is grilled on top and then the bottom is the tortilla getting browned. Uh -huh. And for me, the tortilla needed to be cooked almost to burnt so that the bottom of the Yes. Meat got cooked. The so impossible. when I bit into the impossible meat, the top was beautifully crispy and burgery. Yes. And the bottom had a raw look to it, even though it's impossible. It's not raw meat, but it had a raw look to it because mm -hmm. you had to cook the it through the tortilla. So I needed mine on the grill like an extra two or three minutes. Yes. We did have to take it back to the fire. And then you did eat all of it. But I really did feel like I'd let you down. And I hate letting you down when I make you food, Mike. It's it was a bad, delicious. weird feeling. I've done it a few times. A couple of times it's been bad, but this was great. Thanks. This was really great. And it's also because, and it's also not your fault. The problem is if you're going to blind bake a burger taco, like good fucking luck, man. Yeah. I don't know what was so different. Also, uh, listen, to give myself a little bit, you know, take a little bit of the pressure off. It was midnight. Mm -hmm. We'd been at the conference, the California psychedelic conference. I was stoned out of my mind. We were both fucking baked and ravenous. So I definitely didn't give it the amount of time or attention or care that it needed to be a delicious dish. Like, I'm not saying I did a good job, but I knew you hated it. <laughs> I hated it the first time, not the second time. The second okay. time when it was cooked, so it didn't look raw, I was fine. Also, shut the fuck up because you pickled your own jalapenos. I did. You pickled your own red onions. I did. So at the end of the day, not only did you make me smash impossible burger tacos with your own pickled jalapenos and pickled red onions mm -hmm. 
but you at did midnight. it at, at, at but you did it at midnight ripped out of your skull yeah so it's true. come on and i so polished them off and you, yeah exactly you, yeah you, you. after after we took them back to the heat you, you had to take them back to the heat and then we did need to eat some ice cream to like you know make the whole thing go away well oh, that was the other thing i was going to say trader joe's has stepped up their ice cream game in ways that i have not seen nor expected from trader joe's i've always gone ben and jerry's uh right now i have some jenny's in the fridge which you got mad at me for yeah because you didn't know that i had jenny's in my fridge why would you have it without telling me that's insane <laughs> it's chocolate with chocolate Crazy. cake bitter chocolate fudge and chocolate swirls i'm so upset because you didn't know I have it? You talked about it when you came into the studio today, and I didn't know about it, and that's upsetting. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, dude, fucking gourmet ice cream that I don't know about. When I go grocery shopping, yes. what do I need to take pictures of to send to you? We have talked about this. You need to install a Nest camera in your kitchen so I can see what's happening when you come home from grocery shopping and you put it all away. I need to know what it is. You can hold it up as you bring it out of the bag, show it to the camera. Just let me know. It's literally me in basketball shorts. Great. With a joint in my mouth, shirtless, opening a bag of orange chicken and dumping it in an air fryer. I want to know. (laughs) 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 But yes, the Trader Joe's ice cream game, horchata ice cream. Grab it if you can. The wild berry that you had. Wild berry with cheesecake chunks. Yep. Delicious. Good. And also, I think they've changed their ice cream recipe because it's creamier, it's meltier, Mm. it slides on the spoon more like a Ben and Jerry's does. Because that, to me, is why Ben and Jerry's is the best. Is Somehow it's always kind of melted, even when it's frozen. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like really your hand high grade. Heat. I think that has to do with like the quality of the cream they're using probably, right? Or maybe oh. they're putting some agent in there. That we'll ask Hamilton when he comes well, on. Yes, Hamilton, why is Ben and Jerry's ice cream never as hard as the cheap stuff? <laughs> and he'll be delighted to tell us. Yeah, the compounds. The cr- <laughs> it's actually the cream compounds. He'll be able to explain it. Yeah, he will. Um, so I think this is a A plus TikTok trend. Okay. I'm just saying, like, it's good. Well, thank you for indulging me uh, with the... Uh, Eating of and then bringing it up again to make sure that I know that you didn't mind the eating of the smash burger taco. Mm-mm. And thank you. You know how else I know it was good? What's that? To tie it around to the very beginning of this episode. Bobo who, ate it. Who was lurking under the table instead of laying in his heated blanket at midnight? <laughs> Bobo for impossible meat. Yeah. Come on. And that guy is just, yeah, that's why he's held on as long as he has. He's an incredible predator. He'll just relentless. He'll never stop. It's also scary because when he opens his mouth to yell, it looks like the predator mouth. Yeah. So like when when I was eating the impossible burger taco, I looked down at him and he goes, and his mouth opens like a fucking predator. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Wide open cat yells is scary. Yeah. Terrifying. Fucking hell, man. (laughs) Anyway. Well, that was a good cream corner. Should we get to Buds of the Week and wrap wrap on out here? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Thank you to our friend Gretchen Bissonette, who wrote into the pod after Mike gave his address out on on the pod. We got this lovely card from our friend. (laughs) I forgot. Because I... <laughs> Mark's laughing too. Mike just gave out his mailing address. I'm not going to say which episode, but I did give out my mailing address and cut to a little bit later. And we got a, we got a note from Gretchen. A beautiful Thank card. you, Gretchen, who wrote, Dear Mike and Mary Jade, I love your show. You two have the best balance of silly and serious. I don't use water on my toothbrush. Love, Gretchen. Wow. A dry toothbrush i mean i think we've learned Raw that that's kind of like the super pro move gretchen really knows what's up with the toothbrushing yeah also thank you so much for sending a letter in the mail it's the coolest 
Yes. I can't believe you gave out your address on the podcast. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> I, me too. I, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gretchen. That's really cool. And thanks for listening to the pod. Um, that just means the world. 1319 North Fairfax, Apartment 6, West Hollywood, California, 90046. There you go. Gretchen, for real, thank you. Send also, cards. I totally, but <laughs> uh, next one, send one that is a little more agreeable with my toothbrush use. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, because you you're water first. I'm water first. Mm-hmm. No, I'm water the paste. Oh, you're water the paste, right. Yeah, and See, she's she just keeps it dry. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, well, mm. People got real mad about that whole toothbrush debacle. Everyone's also yelling bananas. about bananas. Ugh, yeah. Mail me your thoughts on bananas. Let me know. In the mail. In the mail. <laughs> Send a hard copy. <laughs> Gretchen, <laughs> you're awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Gretchen's obviously a butt of the week. Uh, who else we got? You got... Uh, I got a great bud. Your, yeah. My butt of the week you this week. You your bud first? Besides Gretchen, who, um, I don't know, that really made my day. Yeah. It really made my day. The nicest. Um, is Vigo Venn. Vigo is somebody I met uh, through a couple of friends who then did my old show glazed at the Hollywood Improv. Wonderful. And the brought the house town, ev- house town, brought the house town, <laughs> brought the house. Did you pass your... Meown. I put, yes, I put my stuff on you. Thinner. <laughs> put my witchy stuff, stuff on me. On, me. Yeah, <laughs> on you, yep. Um, Vigo used to do glazed, used to do a million shows, was at Edinburgh Fringe and then auditioned for and won Britain's Got Talent. Amazing. Congratulations. So at Vigo Venn, um, you probably have already seen all of his viral stuff. He is one of the most talented clowns and comedians in the world. And um, he rightfully won uh, BGT. BGT with so Simon Cowell. F- fucking follow Vigo Venn. And if you ever, ever, ever are in the same city as he is performing, you have to grab a ticket. It's a don't miss. It, it's a don't miss. Mm, truly. Yeah. Truly. Oh, my God. I remember. See- anyway, I, I could go on forever, but there are some. There are some skills that he has and some like uh, uh, sketches. I'm not sure what they're called in clowning that mm. he does that are just like, so how did you think of that? How did you execute that? And I will never see anything like that again. Wonderful. Yeah. So congratulations and um, give him a follow at Vigo Ven. Two ends. What a fucking great time. Yeah. Uh, my butt of the week this week is my friend Paula. I talked about her on here a few weeks ago. She had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she passed away last Friday. And I just wanted to say that um, she was an incredible friend and I'm going to miss her so much. And she brought so much joy into my life. And it's been a real um, reconnecting with a lot of the most fundamental people in my life uh, around this time of Paula's passing. People that I've known for over 20 years that I met in Seattle who were my true chosen family in this country. People like Raya and Jason and Scott and Maggie and just all of these wonderful people who, you know, we sort of like all coalesced around Paula. She was the best time. Jason shared a story of the night that he met her. He was hitting on uh, Raya and Paula came in and was like, who the fuck are you? And then he said that like they just had this whole magical night. And at one point he was following her van and she was driving like going through traffic and he just like couldn't even keep up with her because she was such a lunatic driver like running red lights and stuff and he said he remembered just turning to his friend Dave and being like don't lose that van like I don't want to lose this person and they you know had this incredible you know lifelong friendship and I don't know just all the memories like that of like how you know once you met her you knew that you didn't want to lose her and so um yeah gone way too fucking soon and it absolutely sucks but I put up this picture of her because she and my sister were great friends and they were always like this, just like laughing, howling together, having a great time. And so I've been looking at this picture and just remembering how much I love Paula. And, 
you know, I'm so glad that she knew my sister and they were both in my life. And um, yeah, Paula Fletcher, she was an incredible uh, human being, a bright light in the world. You told me that people all over the world were celebrating there, like literally yeah, all over the world. Truly all over the world. She was in Manchester in the UK and there were like, yeah, just like little cells of Paula friends and fans and chosen family all over the world in New York and San Francisco and Seattle and Greece. And yeah, and we've all been like toasting her and sharing memories. And we've got like a ton of WhatsApp threads going. And actually, when I go to New York in July, I'm going to get together with a bunch of people and have a memorial at our friend Abby's Bar Lucky. So if you're in New York on July 16th, uh, come through if you want to raise a glass in honor of Paula. That's awesome. If you send me a picture of you wearing a police officer's hat, badge, and vest during that <laughs> bar party at Lucky, I will know that it was a perfect time. Yes, she absolutely would do that kind of stuff. Like if she met a firefighter, she would be like wearing his gear and driving his truck. She was <laughs> <laughs> within 10 minutes. The greatest. Um, and I'll miss you forever, Paula. I'll fucking love you. That's awesome. This has been a real nice celebration episode. Yeah, it was Puffco, good time. Reggie, Tom yeah. Cruise, Padma, Hamilton. Paula, Hamilton, Vigo. Ali, get at me now that you're not on Top Chef anymore and you have some time. Let's hang out. Oh, my gosh. You could just, you know, just cook for me and talk. Like, <laughs> as you cook. Just say things in that Aren't voice. Aren't you the one who makes something called It's the Mayo for Me and it's about, <laughs> like, misogyny and sandwiches? Or am I thinking of someone else? Am I being reverse sexist? <laughs> am I objectifying a famous chef? You can Terrible. just cook for me and talk. Cook for me and talk, baby. <laughs> the finest <laughs> follow us at weed and grub on instagram check us out on youtube at weed and grub where we record at petty cash studios thanks to producer mark we live stream our twitch episodes um all those links are in the show notes you can email us at wg at weed and with pictures of all the things what did you want oh um you just asked for something oh uh just oh, mail me things mail, yeah mail us things mike you know obviously is a oh and if you're in denver or phoenix go oh. to my instagram at glazer boo hoo hoo I'm, i got some uh stand updates coming up in denver and phoenix check them out if you live there and comedy bookers if you need a baked potato act i got 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> 10 killer minutes she she smashed it's I, Thank you. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, one more joke from your act and then let's get out of here. Okay. Do you have one? Are you going to say it? No, it's your comedy. I can't say steal jokes. Well, I could say the joke that you wrote that you no, gave that to me. No, that one. That's the only one that bombed. Do a different one. Um, I broke up with my lover last night. He was a ribeye. Uh, he wanted to mash me and it just wasn't going to work out, but there was a lot at stake there. <laughs> get at her. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>